Welcome into another edition of the Mean Streets Podcast. You thought we were sleeping, but we are awake. We are back for another episode. It is early June 2023. I've got my co-host, Britton Johnson, with me. And on today's episode, we've got a special guest, Alabama baseball star, Will Portera. Will, welcome into the podcast. Thank you for joining us here on the Mean Streets Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. BJ, welcome in. Good to have another episode under our belts with you uh, tagging along for the ride. Absolutely. Glad to be back. Um, like you said, uh, we do sleep in May, but it's June, so we're back awake. Uh, we're alive. We're ready for some summer baseball, and, and let's get it rolling. Yeah, our two subjects today, because we have Will Portera, are Alabama baseball and Morgan Wallen, so we'll start with Alabama baseball. Um, Will, take us through the regional. Kind of give us your opinions, what you saw on the field. Uh, give us an overview, and then Britton and I will kind of get into some deeper questions uh, as we – I say we, Alabama prepares for Winston-Salem and the number one team in the country in Wake Forest this weekend. Yeah, uh, so I think the regional, uh, all the regional tournaments, no matter where you are, it seems like mid-majors always play up, um, especially when they're playing uh, like power five teams. Um, and you saw that when we played Nichols, their Friday night guy was great. Um, he had really good fastball um, and had really good induced vertical break. So it would ride a lot and people would swing under it. So it's tough to score, um, and just got enough done um, to keep it tied late. And then when they brought in a reliever, um, just put the put it on them and uh, and got the win. And then same with Troy. I mean, we beat them two times this year, run ruled them, and then beat them six two. Uh, and then this game, they just decided to uh, not miss a single ball and hit like three bombs. So it's just they always play up, but again, just keep it close enough to scratch and claw and. Um, and got a got a lucky break at the end, and that was great. And then, then I think it was nice to have like a not a cupcake game, but BC was worn out with pitching, and then just being able to get up six zero early and just kind of cruise from there was nice. So it was good stuff. Um, happy to get it done in three. Don't have to spend a lot of guys and have a bunch a bunch of pressure coming from behind. So yeah, no, I mean I I remember watching was it was it Myers or Mayers the kid on Nichols. Just absolutely, mm-hmm. that dude could deal. Like, I just did not. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't do the scouting you did. So I was like, oh, Nickel State, four seed, we're going to be good. That kid was like shoving 97. It was, it was impressive. And I mean, yeah. for him to be a freshman is nuts. But, uh, yeah, going to that Troy game, obviously, you kind of pointed out that, that lucky break, as you called it. Um, it's one of those things that, I think winning teams or great teams just find ways to win games. Now, sometimes it's an error that maybe y'all didn't create, but like, I mean, Seidel was going to about beat that out on his, I mean, he's got a hurt leg, right? So like he was about to almost beat out that throw anyways. And I just think there's something about the resiliency of this team. I can't, I'm trying to think of how to formulate this into a question, but um, going into the last couple of months, y'all really turned something around here. And it's just really impressive to watch the momentum of this team. What do you think kind of contributed to y'all having this winning environment and culture? And just, I mean, it feels like they're going to win every game this close now. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I think you last year uh, probably led the country in the most one run losses, one or two runs. Um, and then early this year, you just felt like, man, it feels like the same thing. You know, we're good, but it just, there's a monkey just like, monkey on your back can't get it off and then finally just um last kind of three weekends just been playing really loose um kind of internal leadership guys on the team um just kind of for a week there it was just a little rocky but then 
guys on the team stepped up and and now it just seems like everybody's just playing baseball. They just everybody knows how to play baseball and it's just going out there and doing it with some freedom and not getting uh you know, not having like somebody in your ear, not having something uh really like pressing you so much where it's just you're just playing baseball, you're playing for fun. Um and it, it really does help a lot. And you you kinda get that sense of like being a kid again. Then you get out of school and you don't have any school. It's just wake up, go to baseball. Then you have the rest of the afternoon off, um, and you just you just have fun. And I think that's a big key is when you get to the late, like this late in the year, playing fifty plus sixty games. Like if you're not having fun, you're losing quick because you gotta you gotta enjoy every single all nine innings you're out there. And I think that's something this team is doing really well right now. It's just like loving to be out there with everybody. Uh, like I know me personally, like I wish I were playing, obviously. But like I have, like I just want everybody to play as best they can and win. Like it does. I feel like that's how any bench guy is right now. I feel like that's how anybody who's struggling is. Like the guys who are doing well still feel that same way. Like everybody wants everybody to do well so we can win and go to home ball. And it's I don't know. It's great to watch. It's great to be a part of. Uh, and you can finally see the fan base kind of getting on board, just winning and winning in a row and in a row. Um, Kind of having the Joe packed out for a couple games. Got awesome. some, got some uh, noise in there. First time, I don't know, and it's history. And it was, it was cool. You can just see something turning. Well, I was going to ask you about that because the Joe was packed this weekend, even you know into the late hours of the night, even the early hours of the morning. Uh, in some of those games, what was that like? And as you said, really the first time jokingly in its history um we can't we can't put too much shame to the house that roger myers built um but (laughs) what was that like because britain you've been in coleman coliseum when it's rocking and that was the baseball equivalent of a sold out bryant denny stadium a sold out coleman coliseum i mean that was alabama athletics at its peak yeah it's definitely i don't know a time like i've been here three years there was Auburn my freshman year, so three years ago, um, there there was a game even during COVID where it was kind of like that, but still not full, at least the, the stands, right field was full. Um, but when you finally get the stands full and you kind of get the the crescendo of people like clapping or yelling at a big moment, man, like that's when the separation of power five and mid-majors, at least like especially like power three, like ACC, Big 12, SEC, you get that separation of the teams that have been there and the teams that haven't. And I think, like, just no offense, but I don't think Troy or Boston College or Nichols have been there. Nichols, I mean, midweeks they have, but midweeks people don't show up. Like, we had all this year midweeks, you know, we had 25% at most capacity filled. And so I think that's that's where it stands out. You get that, um, that separation, like, have they been there un- in that environment under the lights? And I think it shows like we, you know, we go on the road and we play at Florida, at A&M, at uh, Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at State. Like you play the best teams on the road and then you you finally come home and you get that. But it's on your side Then you just you've definitely been there before and you get some help. Um, and I, I definitely think that's where the separation comes into play. And it definitely helps. It definitely helps um, win some games. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really cool. Like, you know, y'all been talking about to see it packed out. And I, something I've said about Alabama fans, you know, a lot of times they're thrown into this category of football fans. And and there's there's an element to it. I mean, like football runs the state. I'm not going to be the guy to deny that. But it's been cool to see in basketball, cool to see in baseball this year. Like, Alabama fans are fans of winning. And it's not to say they don't support teams when they're not doing as well. 
But it's just to say that when teams start to, you know, pile together some wins, they're going to really get behind you and they're going to put you over the top. And it's really cool to see in, in environments like the Joe, in environments like Coleman when it's packed out, obviously in Bryant-Denny on a Saturday. Um, or, I mean, Rhodes is probably what the number one loudest softball stadium. Like It's kind of across the board. Um, and so it's been awesome to kind of see the Alabama fans rally behind y'all and if there's any team at Alabama this year that probably deserved it, y'all are right up there with any of them. I mean, this unbelievable story goals kind of turnaround season. But, uh, you know, spiraling into the Wake series this week, the Super Regional, uh, take us into that. Take us into kind of what y'all are seeing, hearing about this Wake team. Obviously, the number one seeded team in the country. Um, but, shoot, nobody's hotter than y'all right now. Yeah. Um, you, you know – we all were watching the selection show and we're, you know, we're excited to see where we are, you know, just, just beat Auburn and Kentucky in the tournament. Um, and we're just thinking, yeah, we're at least higher than Auburn, Indiana state, Kentucky, maybe South Carolina, like just feel good about, you know, maybe getting high, uh, a higher seed. Just so you play one of the back end top eight teams. Um, and then you get the wake regional and then the first team and the second regional paired with them is us. And we're just like, we're like what? Uh, but great point that uh, Coach Jackson made um, on a practice before our practice yesterday. Um, he's like the reporters were asking me about the 16 seed and um, trying to pry me and see if I could like get upset with the selection. And he was like, "I didn't say this, but he told us he's like, all I can think about when we got the 16 seed is like, what do you think Wake is thinking? Like having to play Alabama as the 16 seed, like that's got to be brutal." Like, when, what are we, 15 of our last 18 or something like that? And we lost three games in the last six weekends, um, all to SEC champion Vanderbilt, uh, A&M on the road, and then Vanderbilt again. Like, you know, we're as hot as anyone, and the number one team has to play us instead of getting Auburn, who ended up going 0-2 in their regional, um, getting Indiana State, who's didn't even – wasn't even allowed to host the Super. So, like – you know, like, I think it's more – I mean, it definitely is about us, but I think it's, you know, what are they thinking? They got to they gotta really be pressing a little bit to have to play the best 16 seed of kind of in history, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so, we're going to go in there, um, and, I mean, it's going to be another SEC weekend. We've played 10 of them. It's going to be the 11th. Um, we played Arkansas on the road, played A&M on the road, played – LSU on the road. I mean, it, it doesn't really change. Just go in there. there are, everybody's going to have a dude. Everybody's going to be able to hit. It's just who can pitch better, who can hit better. So, And that's the beauty of NCAA competition, in my mind, is you see it in the NCAA basketball tournament. You see it um, not in, as much in the playoffs. I'm sure we will in an expanded college football playoff. But in baseball, too, it's our it's our dudes versus, versus y'all's dudes. We've got stuff. Y'all have got stuff. And, and who's going to go in and out-hit, out-pitch, out-grit? Uh, everybody. And uh, one thing you mentioned, Will, that I want to emphasize is Auburn did lose uh, both of their games. They didn't win a single one. They hosted a regional. And um, as I say that, I'm getting a phone call from Chandler Fullman, captioned Auburn super fan. So just very excited to be an Alabama baseball fan uh, this this time of year. And despite the seating, despite the results of the selection from the committee, which is uh, spearheaded by the Auburn athletic director, Alabama found itself uh, facing off with a with an opportunity, and I like the way that you mentioned that. What give us a a brief scouting report um, 
on Wake Forest. Obviously, we've mentioned way too many times that they're the number one team in the country, but who were two or three guys that you've got your eye on um, in that gold and black uniform? Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I, I, I haven't personally, like, watched them all year, scouted them all year, and even though, like, I knew we were going to play them, I, I still didn't, like – Get, like I didn't still didn't put them on a throne and start watching them and seeing who's good. You know, I know the Friday guy, Rhett Louder. Um, I played summer ball with him in Strasburg, Virginia, but after our, both of our freshman years, um, he was good then. I know he's gotten a lot better. Um, and like he's, you know, if he pitches really, really well and shuts us down and they're going to go one Oh on Friday, if he uh, slips up and we start hitting him a little bit and he gets down to bullpens, like I think we go one Oh on Friday. Um, but overall, man, they can pitch and hit like, there, you look at their uh, rankings across the board. They're top five in all pitching categories, top twenty in most hitting categories. Um, but you look at that, and you know you respect that, but you also don't give it too much credit. Like you put them where we were, and you put them in the schedule we had to play. Kentucky had to play, LSU had to play, Florida had to play. Those those rankings probably do go down a little bit, um, considering they were only four ACC hosts and. Uh, Two of them lost, I think. So, I mean, it, it, they're good, like, for sure. But we played LSU. We played Florida. We had Florida on the ropes. Three three out of the four games. Four out of the four games, you know. The whole, like, we, we can play with anybody. And I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is not putting it on a pedestal, not making them out to be something they aren't. You yeah. know, it's just baseball. And- and let me ask you this, too, because this has historically been a basketball podcast. So people that may be listening, looking for basketball content in the middle of June when Alabama's in a super regional, um, what goes into a baseball scouting report? Because Britton and I have done extensive conversation on what it's like to scout a team in SEC play for basketball um, and then the NCAA tournament, SEC tournament, things like that. But what are you guys at Alabama looking for? on a scouting report in terms of hitting location, strike zones, who pitches where, tendencies, kind of explain to that, uh, explain that on a 30,000-foot level if you could. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say our coaches do a great job, and they like, they obviously, as any coach would, they spearhead it, but they do a great job of doing all, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff so that, like, we just get the information in play. Um, but, like, a scouting report would be for the pitchers um, – on like the opposing teams uh, at bats, they'd uh, they'd make out a kind of a lineup, just what that's been going on throughout the year, the most solid one, and um, go through the the weaknesses of the hitter, whether it's breaking balls or fastballs up, or um, they don't hit outside pitches well. Kind of go through that throughout the order, see who has more powers, who has more speed, where we need to stay away from, who we need to be careful with, who we can go right at, stuff like that. And then um, for hitters, for the other team's pitchers. Um, one big thing is, like you said, like locations and seeing where each pitcher um, pitches according to the batter. So if you're right, he's if it's a left-handed pitcher, um, he's got some run, arm side run, that uh, it'll go away from a righty and it'll go into a lefty. And you'll see on the plate, man, the guy likes to go away to righties and kind of middle into lefties. And you'll see those heat maps, um, like it'll be real red wherever he pitches most often. Um, and then they'll show us video of uh, kind of what the pitches look like curveball, off-speed, change-ups, fastballs, um, and then tell us, you know, what the percentage they throw in each count of those pitches um, and then what pitch gets hit the most often. And so what what to really sit on and not to, like, spit on the off-speed or spit on the fastball, you know, what it is for each pitcher. Um, 
So that's that's usually how the scouting reports go. Um, that's the overview. We can get really really deep into it, but as coaches do a great job of just making it and uh, then letting us play. Nice. Uh, I think we're gonna do one more question and then a wrap up. Um, so we'll you know something I'll say about you. We we talked a lot about Noah Gurley back in the basketball season. How um, at times he didn't get the playing time he really wanted. Um, but I thought he was just such a phenomenal leader for that team. I think, you know, they dealt with their own controversy that we all know about. And I think the fact that they were able to move past that was, you know, a lot due to him and other leaders on that team. And I see you as such a leader on this baseball team. And um, obviously y'all have had some stuff go on this year that y'all turned into positive, like made a positive spin out of it, which is unbelievable. Um, so what is it about, you as a leader individually that you've grown in that's really helped you become that? And then what have you seen, like, from a team standpoint that y'all just really bought into, um, I don't know, just the right stuff and in in the midst of just kind of a tough situation that we don't have to get into? Yeah. Um, but as you said, like, for sure, I'd love to be playing. Um, uh, and it, it, it does suck watch, watching, like, you want to be out there. But um, in a sense, like, you know, people do look at kind of everything other people do um, and being a guy who like, who's been kind of in certain roles, been in and out of the lineup um, or at least in and out of um, some games late um, and then not playing like to, for me to like get down or mopey or to like kind of withdraw or to not be positive. Like people see that. And like, even on some days, like practice days, like somebody maybe I'm just like bad day at the field somebody's like what's wrong and like people can tell so it's been really like important for me um to like realize hey like your role right now is is not playing and your role right now is literally to see who you can encourage today and like whether they play or not and see who uh who you can uh get to be a goldfish and I know as Ted Lasso says it's the happiest animal on the planet because it's got a 10 second memory just trying to get other people to have a 10 second memory just by lifting them up, just by pointing them in the right direction. Maybe just somebody did something bad. We hit a home run and I'm just going nuts in the dugout. And then somebody smiling, laughing at me and they forget about their bat. So it's, it's been less about me like talking um, and more about me just like, just acting the part, like, man, and just being excited for where we are and what we're doing. Um, and like I said earlier, the leadership on the team, man, it's been like the older guys like Jim Jarvis, Tommy Seidel, um, Drew Williamson, each kind of differ in the ways they lead. And Drew Williamson's big time, uh, like actions, not very talkative. Jim definitely both like talks and acts and Tommy's both too. Um, but like all these personalities that come together and they don't butt heads has been really, really uh, great for the team. Like, you know, you get into a certain situation, um, where things get hairy and you don't know what's going on. Like it can be real easy for people to like withdraw and to do their own thing or act a certain way. But it, it seemed like after kind of a couple of days of uncertainty, we just, well, I mean, even an hour or two of uncertainty and we ended up run rolling Vanderbilt that night. So, um, but I think just the leadership on the team has been, um, been really great in that aspect. 
I love that. And that gives me a lot of uh, confidence and hope because, I mean, that's what you look for in a team if you're a fan, if you're a coach, if you're an administrator. And that is uh, just something that Alabama fans should be thankful for and look forward to this weekend as Alabama takes on Wake Forest in the NCAA Super Regional. Britain, I will give you the second to last word. And then, Will, on this podcast, we do something where our guest has the last word. So we'll let you say whatever you want to the fans. Um, but, Britain, thank you for joining me on this podcast. You got the second to last word. And after you, Britain, Will, send us home. And that'll be the end of this episode of the Main Streets podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I just say about this baseball team um, A, they're fully capable of winning a national title. So what I'm saying, though, is no matter how the season ends, it's been such a special year. And uh, I'm just so proud of this baseball team. I'm so proud of Will and and the way he's led this team. And, um, yeah, so I just am so excited to watch baseball this week. And what a joy it is to watch Alabama in a super regional with a chance to compete for a place in Omaha. And uh, on top of that, I'll add one more note, which is heat culture is phenomenal. Okay, back to you, Will. Finish it off. Uh, well, Britt, that means a lot. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, for anyone on this podcast, like I know it's a big basketball podcast and for anyone who goes to the baseball games, um, or who wants to start going, um, just like a big, a big thank y'all to, um, for just like coming to the games, um, and making the atmosphere as it was. Um, and hopefully that continues into next year, um, despite kind of coaching uncertainties, despite roster uncertainties, like, I mean, the team definitely benefits from, like, a, a big crowd regardless of um, roster, regardless of wins and losses. Um, so that was just super huge. And, um, you know, we're all excited to go to Wake Forest. And I think at this point, man, it's just can you stay hot? I mean, everybody's hot at this point. It's just how, how hot can you stay and um, just be watching because you never know what would happen. Hold tight.